Today, I'm excited to introduce to you guys uh, a, a new friend, uh, and we didn't even know our paths intertwined as much as they do until after we met. <laughs> We're kind of like best friends and even know it. So, uh, but uh, Jody, Jody works for a group called uh, Apartment Life, which is the video that you just watched, and uh, they're doing awesome stuff. Uh, we, I did a missions trip, uh, worked at a, a kind of a conference in March, uh, April, and uh, we worked with a group out there in Fresno, California. It was awesome, and it was really cool what they were doing. And I came back, and a couple of our interns were talking about this group called Apartment Life, and I was like, "What is what is that?" And they started telling me about it. And I said, "That sounds exactly like what we just did on a missions trip," and it was super cool. Uh, so. Uh, I felt like I needed to meet this guy, and then uh, a good friend of mine reached out and said, hey, you guys should meet. You guys seem like you, your two paths should, should intertwine. So um, got to have lunch with Jody, uh, man, I think it was like last week or, or two weeks ago, and uh, we just sat down and just felt like uh, a good friend sitting down. He does uh, Spartan races as well. So, uh, man, we can talk about Spartan race. We can talk about uh, the whole 30, nutrition, all kinds of stuff. Uh, which is what we ended up talking about at lunch as well. But uh, he's, he's really passionate about helping people to live on mission. He's actually doing uh, an equip class at our church, uh, helping people walk through uh, what does this look like for our lives to be on mission? What does it look like to uh, really live for the kingdom every single day? So Jody, man, thanks for uh, tuning in. Let me unmute you here real quick. And uh, we're ready to go, man. So, man, you do a much better job of introducing yourself, introducing Apartment Life. So, man, just take a second, introduce yourself, introduce uh, Apartment Life. Tell us what's, what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah, Jody, thanks for having me, Ryan. I appreciate this. I'm excited to be on the Renewed Leadership um, Facebook Live event. And I just thank you guys for having me. Uh, yeah. So I recently relocated to Oklahoma City uh, to launch apartment life out here in this metro in Tulsa and Northwest Arkansas. Um, and it's it's been an amazing experience so far. I've met just a ton of people, but essentially what we do is um, apartment life partners with owners and management companies of apartment communities. And we provide them with a powerful resident retention and satisfaction program that's really focused around building community and a culture of connectedness um, we like to say we make sticky communities. And, and what that means is um, when people love where they live and they know all their neighbors and they're doing life with people, uh, they are their roots are deeper. And so it's better for the bottom line of the apartments that we serve because and when people stay longer, the properties make more money, there's higher um, online reputation scores, and the, the overall the residents are just overall more satisfied. Uh, the ultimate intention is that we're building relationships with people. We're placing people that are gifted in hospitality, that love people and love Jesus and uh, just really want to serve and love their neighbors in the way that God calls us to do that. And um, and naturally, as you can imagine, there's just a lot of opportunity for us to love people well and uh, and do what God's called us to carry out. So, um, yeah, that's the the. That's the program in a nutshell. A little bit about myself. Uh, I'm married. I have three kids and I, my wife and I have been married for 10 years this August and throughout those 10 years have um, been in the DFW Metro primarily and we uh, have lived in apartments for the entire 10 years that we were together and uh, and so we, we just knew 
living in these apartments, it's strangely isolating. You live around hundreds of people and no one really does life together. No one really connects other than the kind of smile and wave. And about five years into our marriage, um, we just knew like there's got to be something more to this. And uh, we had heard from some friends about apartment life and um, and just really started feeling this tug on our hearts. Like we've got to do something more. And my wife and I don't have a lot of common pursuits and passions except for health and fitness and uh, and Jesus. And uh, so when we heard about apartment life, we just knew like yeah, this is something that we might do down the road. And uh, and so um, about a year after that, we signed up uh, to be an apartment life team. We replaced in McKinney um, and at our first community and about 60 days in, I just knew like, um, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I mean, we were building amazing relationships. We had this amazing platform to do what we felt God had called us to do. And, um, and just, it, it, it was crazy profound. Like the scales were removed from our eyes. Like this is exactly the most practical way to live out the great commission and, and to, to serve as a, uh, a, a very, a valuable business service to um, an industry that really needs that. So, uh, so I, I applied to be become on staff and and have been on staff for the last uh, four and a half years, and it's been life changing. Um, it's taken me uh, across two cities and now two states, and um, and given me tons of opportunity not just to grow my own leadership and abilities, but uh, to really help others to walk into what what they feel. Um, called uh, to do so yeah in a nutshell <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome man hey uh man just share with us um share with us just a little bit of your background i know you've got uh, quite a story mm. of god just transforming your life uh mm. doing a lot of great things in your life and so um i know that a big passion of yours is to help people um out of recovery, uh, mm -hmm. addictions, uh, things like that. And so let's kind of let's kind of go back a little bit in your story and your journey. Uh, tell us a little bit about yours. And I know your wife has uh, some similar things as well. And so mm -hmm. and just share a little bit about kind of your backstory. Uh, help us understand you a little bit more with that. Sure, sure. Yeah. So I uh, grew up in Texarkana. Um, Texarkana. And back, you know, 28 years ago or so is um, is uh, was, wasn't much to do. So essentially, uh, you know, my mom has some mental health uh, issues and um, has been in and out of institutions. And, uh, you know, we grew up in a in a time where, you know, there wasn't a lot of supervision and I didn't have a lot of accountability. And so naturally um, I, I was rambunctious and wild uh, as an adult have been able to channel some of those things probably more properly, but, um, I got involved with drugs and alcohol at a uh, really young age. I think the first time I smoked, smoked marijuana when I was 10 years old, um, smoking cigarettes then. And by the time I was 14, I was, um, using cocaine and methamphetamine. And so, uh, after, you know, just doing that for a few years, um, you know, by 20, I was 110 pounds, uh, dripping wet. I, I just got my third DWI. And uh, luckily, I lived in a border city. So I was about two blocks into the Arkansas side of Texarkana when I got my third DWI. So uh, I did catch the felony there. Um, they were able to drop that to a misdemeanor for me. But, um, you know, that could have been 
I was two blocks away from 20 years in prison, essentially. And so I look back on the, the providence of God and just protected me in that now and am eternally grateful and try to live my life that way. Um, but essentially, my wife and I come from lots of brokenness, um, lots of pain and abandonment and struggle. And uh, a lot of mine was self-induced. Um, and uh, so at 20 years old, I checked into a place called Teen Challenge and uh, Teen Challenge wrecked me. Um, you know, I spent a few days in detox and, and ironically um, didn't have a lot of experience with the church aside from, you know, going to camp and being the kid that gets caught with uh, with a fifth of vodka at church camp. But uh, but beyond that, it was, um, you know, I just I had an experience that that m many people that are addicted to drugs don't don't have. Um, every time I, I was detoxing, I stayed in bed for about three days. And um, every time that I woke up, Gary and Rachel Wallace, the directors of the the camp, the ranch that I was at, um, they would be praying over me. And uh, and so, you know, after three days, I had, I had zero withdrawal symptoms, zero detox symptoms. I didn't have any seizures. I wasn't vomiting. I didn't feel incredibly ill, which had happened in the past when I tried to clean up or get sober or gone without, you know, drugs or alcohol for that amount of time. And so I just knew like, you know, I just, I felt like I, I experienced grace, God's grace for the first time. And I didn't know what it was at the time, but looking back, I just, I completely understand that it was God's grace. And, uh, and I physically experienced it. And so that I checked into the ranch on November 2nd, 2006, um, November 6th, 2006, I gave my life to Jesus and I haven't looked back. Um, I'll be 13 years sober in November. And, uh, of this year and just in the last 13 years god has um has made me a new person like i don't i don't think the same way i did i can still remember how i thought when i was using and when i was um drinking and uh just you know in the truest sense i believe that you can't be who god designed you to be until you are who you are in christ and um you can't even experience love in the ways that you can if you don't have jesus and so to me it was just a this really aha moment. And, um, I spent 18 months in the ranch, um, about 11 months as a student going through the program and another seven months on staff as a staff intern counseling other kids that were 18 to 24 years old, coming through the program, trying to get them to stay, um, tough it out, kind of Galatians six, nine, uh, don't lose heart in doing good for in due time. You'll reap if you don't grow weary. And there was a lot of weariness from people coming in and off of drugs and off the streets. And, um, so I just knew like my life had taken a drastic turn. And, and from that point on, I've, I felt like, man, I have to live my life, uh, a life of gratitude for Christ and kind of live out Psalm 40. Um, you know, he reached and carried me out of the pit of destruction, set my feet on a rock and gave me a new song to sing. So uh, just a really, really great. And I, I just want to live my life as a, as a testimony of God's goodness in that way. And, um, you know, in, in a similar way, being able to use that message uh, of hope restored, that message of restoration, redemption in Christ, um, that, you know, NA and AA even are, are really great programs, but the freedom you receive in Christ is um, something that you don't have to struggle with for the rest of your life. Your addiction is a byproduct of a greater issue. It's sin and it, we treat sin with this man named Jesus and chances are you can receive freedom from your addictions because it's a byproduct of that bigger issue. So, yeah.
Yeah, that's great, man. Thanks for for sharing. There's a there's a lot there. I'm sure there's even a lot more uh, as, we, <laughs> as you dive in there, man. So, um, you know, let let me ask you this question. So, you know, we're talking about living on mission, living a, a missional lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as I was uh, reading the more twenty three. Don't make don't don't get at me, Jody. I'm a day behind on our on our church. So, uh, you know, so. I'm, I'm a little more than a day, bro. So. <laughs> I know I was, I was a few days behind. I was like, man, I gotta just start doubling up here, man, to get back on track. So I, I've been doubling up. I'm, I'm only one day behind here. So uh, this morning I'm getting closer. So, uh, but in Acts 23, Paul's just like wreaking havoc in the towns, just going for it. And, and, uh, the encouraging word this morning in Acts 23, starting in, in verse 12, uh, it says, The next morning some Jews formed a conspiracy and bound themselves an oath to not eat or drink until they had killed Paul. So I think sometimes when people think about missional living or living on mission, I think that, that those kind of verses come to mind of like, am I supposed to like wreak havoc? Am I supposed to like, you know, just... Just, just go to the town, cause chaos, and bound up and thrown in prison. I, mean, I think some of those verses, I know for me at least, maybe I, I can't speak for everybody, but I know for me, when I hear about this missional living and living on on mission, like sometimes I feel like, man, those are the verses that I should be like painting up on my board of like, man, the whole town is going to be against me and the whole town's coming. I mean, like, I don't know. So just unpack that a little bit. You know, what is this whole idea of? living on mission, missional living, what does that look like? I mean, just kind of give us a little bit of, of what that, what that looks like. Yeah. So, so I, I really believe that, um, you know, coming from the background that I came from, there wasn't a lot that I was going to hear when I was in the depths of my sin that we're going to, um, that we're going to, uh, really carry me to the cross. Um, you know, until I hit rock bottom and God met me where I was at, um, there wasn't much that someone could tell me about Jesus that was going to give me experience. But what does and what is profound to me is when I have experiences or hear of others experiences where they've been carried to the cross, when they've experienced freedom for certain things. Um, and uh, and I think that we you know, th- there's a real strong uh, reason why the Bible speaks about how we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And one of the most practical ways to live on mission is just to share your story um, and weave it into conversations. Um, like if if someone says to me, you know, my marriage is struggling, I'm like, man, you know, my first five years of my marriage were an absolute disaster. Here's how we got through that. It was because of the Lord. It was because we experienced grace and um, and through Jesus and, and just being willing to lay down our lives. It's funny because when I think missional living, I think ultimately the church and the body of Christ is the only organization that exists primarily for non-members. And so when you when you get that and receive that idea, it's like this isn't technically even for our benefit. We receive benefits through the gospel. We receive grace and truth and and freedom and salvation and sanctification. But if we've experienced that, how selfish do we have to be to not want others to experience that? And and so for me, missional living isn't necessarily the 
hey, I have to go to Ghana or to Sudan. It's literally like, hey, I'm going to invite my neighbors over for dinner. Or it can be as simple as your countenance during an argument or the kindness you showed during a I was just talking with some friends on Facebook earlier about political arguments. One of the greatest testimonies we have today, one of the greatest ways to live on mission is how you approach people with different ideals or political views. Um, and and if you're if you're infusing your conversation with kindness and love and joy and peace and the fruits of the spirit, that is as much a testimony of God's goodness as anything else. Um, so I think we've we've kind of muddled up the idea of missional living and made it a lot harder than it is. It's really simple and it's really profound. It's 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 essentially being intentional with every action, every every word, and every um, everything you do and say, um, making sure that it's intentional and that it spurs people on and edifies the church. And uh, essentially, that's it. It could be the smile away, but instead, if my neighbor is carrying groceries in inside her house uh, and I'm next door. Typically that, you know, you'd be like, hey, you know, and you wave, why not put your stuff down and run over there and say, hey, let me help you. Let me carry your groceries in with you. Um, or if you see someone moving out in your neighborhood, why not go over there and help them? If it's a Saturday and you've got an hour, why not carry some couches, you know, and just say, hey, do you mind if I pray with you as you as you leave? You know, where are you headed? You know, can I pray for your next season of life? Um, but you have to be intentional and less distracted to see those things. And uh, so that's what I really feel like missional living is, is honestly just having your head on a swivel, having your eyes and ears to the ground, you know, and, and trying to find out what makes people tick and, uh, and where parts of your story will intertwine and align with parts of theirs. And uh, it's a lot less difficult than we make it. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. I mean, it really is getting outside of yourself, getting outside of like what is going on inside of my house and all those kinds of mm -hmm. things. How can I see the needs? Um, you know, talk to us a little bit about what you're doing on your uh, Saturday, mm -hmm. the, the donuts and coffee, inviting mm -hmm. people over. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. So we had um, we heard a story from a from a colleague of ours named Beth Wright. Uh, she's our marketing uh, our director of marketing, and she um, told us a story about the turquoise table. So I started looking it up, and I found out that there's this movement happening all over the country and all over the world where um, I could mess up this story. So forgive me, but but this lady said, you know, I'm I'm gonna buy a turquoise table and I'll put it out the day before and or the morning of. And that table will signify that, hey, tonight we're going to gather. My community is going to gather around this table. Um, strangers are welcome to do life together and get to know your neighbors. And uh, so it became this movement where, you know, people are looking forward to seeing the turquoise table. And essentially the idea is that you want to be front yard people um, and have a and, and, and really uh, revitalize the idea of sitting out on the in the driveway and playing with letting your kids run around and playing together and doing life together and drinking sweet tea if you're in the south or <laughs> whatever that may be but uh but just having this idea of like let's have a symbol of community and when people see it they'll get excited about doing community so we took that idea and uh and started to do this donuts and coffee on uh the same saturday every month where we want to invite our neighbors to come and everyone's welcome and we're going to do 
cheap coffee, cheap donuts, but it's a great way for folks to get together and just, you know, once a month, something for everyone to look forward to. That's minimal investment. It only takes, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts are a few dollars a dozen. So like if you buy five dozen donuts and you have a, a percolator, you can make some cheap coffee and just set it out there and, and see what happens. And um, being able to develop relationships that way and just find out more about people's lives um, and where they're at in life. And, and it gives us natural opportunities to love them well and serve them and, and gives them an opportunity to get outside of the box without having to do a lot of work and how their kids can meet our kids and, and vice versa. And we can just do life together and find out, you know, how we can serve each other better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love that idea, man. You know, when you told me about that, I just, I got excited about it. Um, so tell me, tell me just a little bit, you know, pastors watching, youth pastors watching, um, what do you feel like uh, for them getting their people involved, themselves getting involved? Because obviously, you know, we want to help people reach their community. And, mm -hmm. you know, the church is local. We want to bring in our local people. So uh, what do you feel like you want to say to some pastors about engaging their people, getting their people motivated? And uh, maybe some practical tips. I know you've given a couple here and there, mm -hmm. but uh, just any other practical tips that we might be able to take away with just being on mission, being on purpose with our lives? Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in getting involved specifically uh, with apartment life there, you can check out our website. There's ways to get involved there. Um, we are, are really uh, trying to branch out, get it. We're, we're currently serving in 31 states and launched Canada at the uh, beginning of this year um, and are serving almost 500 communities across the country. And so, uh, you know, if you're interested in getting involved, you can reach out to me directly. Uh, I'll, we'll post my contact information in the comments section here as well. Uh, if you're in the OKC, Tulsa or Northwest Arkansas markets, that's specifically my uh, area. And, you know, I'd love to talk to anybody that's interested um, in, in potentially hearing more about how to do this. And uh, if you have couples, families, same gender singles, interns that are interested in living outwardly and uh, doing outreach, but possibly, or, or maybe even feel called to, uh, to missions, but, but might not necessarily want to do overseas. Uh, this is a, a great way to, um, to do it. Our teams, we do require a two-year commitment, but there is some incentive uh, for our teams. They actually receive a, a, a generous discount on their rent um, in exchange for becoming a team. So there's a, there's a great incentive there. Um, if you're a new family starting out, uh, newly married couples, or um, just looking to possibly get a, a, a rent discount in exchange for doing things that are practical, um, then yeah, let us know. As far as uh, missional living content and, um, and coaching and strategizing, uh, I'm more than happy to come out to any church uh, in our metro and do some coaching, some some strategizing for your staff or, or lay leaders that are interested in figuring out how to mobilize um, people better. Uh, and as far as just the practical ways to do that, um, you know, it's simple. Uh, we uh, coach specifically on if you go into an office of somebody um, 
to be less distracted and more intentional just in what you're viewing. For instance, uh, I was recently in, a, in an office with a, with a, a young lady that uh, was about to have a baby, one. So that's checkbox one number one. Um, she had a UNT uh, like puppy dog um, on her desk. So being in Oklahoma, she's from University of North Texas. So I, I realized that uh, she had a picture of her, her husband and her two kids exist like are already had kids. Um, and so she's about to have her third. So those are check check boxes that I'm filing away in my head. And um, so I knew that, you know, hey, you know, when when's your due date? You know, um, she said July 10th. So she just had her baby. And uh, and we were able to really um, serve her through that to having just met her, but just following up with her uh, about, hey, how's everything going? Do you need us to bring you a meal? Or is there a way that we can serve you through this time? Um, giving her updates on her current team and some other things that are happening at her property and just keeping her in the loop and uh, sending her an email just saying, hey, we're here to serve you if, if need be. But knowing kind of the things, what her favorite Starbucks drink is and those kind of things are, are really intentional ways to serve people. Um, the easiest way, really, you can get on Canva and create a professional flyer um, that, for nothing, basically. And it takes it's so minimal. Um, Post a, have a block party, do a potluck, you know, invite your neighbors. If five show up, great. If 55 show up, even better. But I think just being that pillar of hope and catalyst for hope in your community, it starts with getting outside of your doors, um, being less distracted and less apathetic to your neighbors. And, uh, and to be honest with you, you're going to experience challenges. If you commit to living on mission and doing things, you're automatically a threat. And when you step out in faith to do anything, um, you know, we're not naive. We have a real enemy that we know is going to come against us. Uh, so being prepared and aware of that is, is probably um, got to be at the foremost and be prayed up uh, so that, you know, you can walk into that um, knowing you'll, you'll experience challenges, but experiencing the, the victories over those challenges as well. So. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it, right? The fear or the, you know, getting outside. What if what if I put this table out? What if I do this and nobody shows up, right? Or what if that one person shows up, right? Mm -hmm. like, what if yeah. that one neighbor shows up that we, you know, you know, so I, mean, I think getting over that fear, getting over that, putting yourself out there, a little bit of being, it's pretty risky, right? To yeah. put yourself out there, so. Um, you know, I mean, what, what do you say about that? Like kind of helping people what navigate some of that. So I'd say there's no, there's no losses um, when that happens because we've hosted events where we've had, you know, 105 people show up and then we've hosted events uh, where we've had five. And honestly, I actually prefer the ones with five because uh, you're able to have deep conversations and ask really pointed questions about where people are at in life and, um, you know, how you can get to know them much better than if you're working a room of a hundred people trying to get to know everybody, there's just not enough of you to go around. And so I would say there's no losses. Um, even if zero people show up, the posture of your heart pleases God. And ultimately we operate for an audience of one, not for five, not for 55, not for 105. You're doing it, um, as an opportunity to please the one who created us. Um, and so, it's, it's more about the posture of your heart than it is about anything else. Uh, and, and, you know, I would say that over time, um, when you do things consist consistently and with excellence and loving people well and, and living a sacrificial life that's selfless and, 
and combat selfishness, um, that God rewards that obedience. And uh, I think it gives us a, a unique opportunity to celebrate what God does, whether it's one or 101. So, yeah, I think it's just part of the, the, the journey of getting used to getting outside of yourself. But like you said, I mean, just looking for those little things, you know, a couple photos. You know, I, I took my wife to a doctor's appointment yesterday and, and the doctor had a couple photos of their kids on it and just bringing that up, you know, and talking mm-hmm. about them. I think that's a big thing, right? So, uh, you know, last last question here, man. What's something that you do that that brings renewal into your life? What's something that you enjoy that just really refreshes your soul? Yeah, um, yeah. I would say anytime I'm serving, um, whether it's my church or um, there's something very life giving about doing things that don't benefit you uh, physically or even financially. But uh, but loving people well, I think I think the intentionality of living on mission is what renews me. Like, for instance, like some of our folks that are uh, serving communities in Arkansas that I that I don't have really close relationships with, but they're under my uh, responsibility. Um, I love making Marco Polo videos and just saying, hey, listen, I was thinking about you guys today, and this is the word God gave me for you. Um, I just want to encourage you and empower you that something wild is going to happen this week for you. And um, and this is why, and, you know, and sharing scripture and edifying, building up the church and, um, and you know, just having th- those moments where it's like, get outside of yourself, stop worrying about your financial struggles, stop worrying about your, um, your kids not listening and, you know, all the busyness and my schedule so full, take 10 minutes, pray, God, who would you have me speak to today? Who would you have me, um, reach out to today and how can I bless them? And I think that's, that renews me. It's like anytime that I do something that I know encourages somebody or no build somebody up, or I know, um, speaks to the heart of people like that, that's renewing to me. And I think it's primarily because the background that I had, um, the experiences that I've gone through, the really, the hardness of it all, uh, like I said in the beginning, I, I want to operate out of a, a heart of gratitude and I want that for other people too. Um, so like the fact that, you know, 13 years after being a meth addicted alcoholic, I have a beautiful bride and three amazing kids. We're in this great place in OKC with tons of opportunity to build relationships, to partner with churches and nonprofits and other bi- and like-minded businesses in the apartment industry. And like, I wake up every day and believe I can't believe I get paid to do what I do. And so like, I'm going to operate out of a, uh, out of a, a state of gratitude, just knowing that, um, all good things come from the Lord. So, ah, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, thank you so much for joining us being with us. Uh, man, I know you guys are doing great things. I'm, I'm just really encouraged by what you guys are doing. I think the apartments are, uh, man, there's just such a energy there. There's, there's so many people there, but oftentimes, like you said, counted by people, uh, they often feel very isolated and alone. Um, and mm-hmm. so to have people come in and just focus specifically there, uh, I mean, I know like on our trip when we were there, you know, we just played basketball with the kids. We did uh, art crafts with the, with the kids. We shared Bible stories, things like that. And so if somebody is interested in maybe becoming 
uh, I, I don't know the term is, but like an apartment, they find, man, maybe I want to be there. What, is, what, what's, what does that kind of look like? How about getting connected with you? Yeah, so there, uh, I'll leave my contact information, my cell phone number, my email address in the comments if you want to reach out to me directly. If you if you hear this and you're just like, oh, there's no doubt, like this is exactly what we want to do, um, you can get on our website at www.apartmentlife.org, and there is a tab that says work with us at the top section, um, and it'll have a drop-down menu that says apply to be a team slash coordinator. Uh, you can click there, choose your metro, and... Um, we're all over the country, like I said. So if uh, choose your metro, and then we can just go from there. And uh, and it it allows us to uh, to go through a screening process. And we do you know fair housing training. We do uh, an equipping, one on one coaching, and all of that prior to uh, ever getting on site and serving a community. So um, we make sure that you're ready uh, and and equipped to carry out everything that. Uh, that you're called to carry out and then beyond that just able uh to fit it into your uh, current schedule and current rhythms because we want it to be a joy giving experience and not a life-sucking experience for you so yeah and just to clarify like this isn't this is like an all-consuming this doesn't mm -hmm. like take over your life mm -hmm. i mean this is because you guys really design it in such a way that it's it's just a, another thing you know people can work full-time they don't yep. have to give up their entire life. This isn't like a full-time job. So I mean, what's kind of the commitment level there? So they can yeah. Better understand. Right. So we have a, we say it's a, approximately 10 hours per week per person. So if it's a, a couple, um, roughly 20 hours a week between the two of you, um, sometimes less, sometimes more depending on the program. Uh, but we only, uh, as far as just location and, and um, area, we only place teams within a few miles of their church. So, or where they do life. Um, so if you both work in downtown, chances are we'll find a property downtown for you. Um, so we want to keep you where you do life. The, uh, the, the, the program is, is really, like I said, it's kind of things that you would, that flow naturally out of your lifestyle anyway. If you're committed to doing outreach, if you're committed to living a purposeful life, then uh, chances are you're doing a lot of the things that we require our teams to do anyway. Um, just the perk is that you get that discount on your rent. So, um, so yeah, naturally you're welcoming new residents as they move in, you're hosting social events that are paid for by the properties. Uh, so they give us an event budget every month that we use to host these, these social events and to get the community together. Um, you're doing renewal visits about 90 to 120 days out. And then beyond that, you're just caring well for residents and, and neighbors and staff, uh, just loving people well. As you hear of needs on site, uh, the property manager tells you that a, a resident had a baby or there was a loss of a job or a death in the family. You know, we'll do what we can to uh, support people through that, um, connect them to grief counseling if necessary, bring them a meal if they just had a baby, um, set up a time to bring them a meal if they just had a baby because you never want to show up to a new, new parent's apartment <laughs> without uh, notice. So um, learn that the hard way. <laughs> but uh, but essentially, you know, you're just doing these things to kind of flow naturally out of the outreach lifestyle. And, um, and you know, and in, in essence, you're you're gaining these this platform to do these amazing things. But then it really does serve a, a huge value to uh, apartment owners, because 
if you remove the faith component from us completely, we would still likely exist because the business value is that profound to an owner. So, um, and that, that's kind of essentially why I love what I do is just being able to marry the two, um, provide a tangible, valid service, but also, you know, have the opportunity to, to love people well. So. That's great. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining us and being with us. You know, we're just praying for you and, and all that you're doing. And so we're excited for, for uh, coming and sharing with us a little bit about what's going on. And so I encourage you guys get connected with, with Jody and the team there at Apartment Life. Uh, and just dive into their website, see what's going on there. Uh, just really encouraged by them. And so thank you guys for joining us and we'll see you guys.